think I just had a feeling that this is something that I could possibly do. I did a lot of things growing up that I was just kind of okay at. And this was something that I was like, okay, maybe I could do this. I don't really know why I'm able to do it. I couldn't really figure that out, but I could answer questions that they were asking me. What do you think about this, this, and that? And so I think it came something that came natural to me. So that made me feel like, okay, maybe this is something that I should possibly pursue. So welcome to episode 83 of the AFT Construction Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Levitt. And in this episode, I speak with Southern California-based interior designer and lifestyle influencer, Becky Owens. And we're super honored because this is Becky's first podcast interview, the first one she's done. You know, and in this episode with Becky, we, we spoke a lot about her social media presence and how that's impacted her business and, you know, the power of design, becoming an influencer and how she's worked to use that brand to work with different products and manufacturers to have her own line with those brands. Additionally, we spoke about her blog and the value, how she's been able to obtain sponsorships and collaboration with a lot of these companies through her blog and, and through her Instagram channel. So a lot of valuable info in regard to marketing and becoming an influencer and how you can use that to leverage and enhance your business. So without further ado, let's get started. So welcome to our podcast today. And I'm Brad Levitt, and we're super grateful to have on with us today, Mrs. Becky Owens. Welcome, Becky. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, Becky is owner and founder of Becky Owens Design. And of course, we're big fans of everything that you're doing. And I know that you have an amazing following and a lot of fans out there that want to hear from you. So we're grateful you made time today. And it's interesting, Becky. You know, it's funny because as I speak with a lot of professionals, whether they be in construction, whether they be in design or architecture, you know, some of us have gone to college, some haven't. Some of us have gone to school specifically for our industry, some haven't. However, the reality of owning a business is understanding the billing and the finances and the negotiations and all these things. And so talk us about your background a little bit. You know, was design your background in college? Was that always the intent? I think for me, school was not like my favorite thing. So I was kind of, I got into, like, I went to UVU to, and got my associates and then I went to BYU and studied community health because I think that was like one of the quickest ways to get out, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just wasn't, I don't know. I didn't really know I wanted to do design, honestly. I was just, I knew I liked it. I knew I was around it all growing up. I didn't know that was really what I wanted to pursue. But I, you know, I studied community health. I graduated. I immediately got a job um, in a firm called Denton House Interiors in Salt Lake and started working there just because they had a connection with my parents and I just needed a job really after college and they kn knew my parents because my dad had owned a paint store and all that. That's where I guess it kind of started my love for design and I wanted to be just like Becky Butchin who was my boss and I was like she's awesome and she's cute and she's fun and she's <laughs> got to put together <laughs> and so um, anyway I think that's where it started for me. That and is hopefully that answered. It does. Yeah. It's funny because when you think about college and we don't want to take this a whole sidetrack of political side, but you know, there's a lot of pressure on youth, right? You have to go to college, but a lot of us, especially if you're creators, right? Like you are Becky, you're, you're, you have a creative personality, especially with design and school isn't always catered to that. Right. And there's a lot of things that were taught in school that probably aren't very um, applicable to our careers now. And so it's interesting, you know, to find, you know, those different detours we take to get you know, into our wheelhouse, what we like. And, and for you, I mean, I know you mentioned the connection that your mom had with design. I mean, what, what 
made that click when that opportunity was presented and they said, okay, Becky, here's an opportunity. You can go work for this design firm, you know, in Salt Lake. Was it immediate? You're like, yeah, you know, I think this is a good fit, you know, and, and this is something that I want to pursue. I think I just had a feeling that this is something that I could possibly do. I did a lot of things growing up that I was just kind of okay at. And this was something that I was like, okay, maybe I could do this. I don't really know why I'm able to do it. I couldn't really figure that out, but I could answer questions that they were asking me. What do you think about this, this, and that? And so I think it came something that came natural to me. So that made me feel like, okay, maybe this is something that I should possibly pursue. Yeah, I love that because it's with design, I find as I speak with a lot of designers, it's very common in what you're mentioning where, you know, if you go to school for design, they can teach you, um, you know, the business side, they can teach you layouts, they can teach you spacing, you know, yeah. some of these things that are important, right? When you're thinking about design and architecture and CAD and some of the back end stuff that goes into creating a design. But the reality is all the designers say either you get it or you don't. You know, yeah. there is, there are designers that just can see ahead. They can, they can visually see it. They can put fabrics and colors and they can do that whole aspect. And that's the hardest part of I me mean, for me, I'm colorblind. And so yeah. I'll have people that ask me and it's like, this is not my forte. It is not my strength. Like yeah. when you yeah. create something, Becky, I can see you put it together. I'm like, I know that's going to look great, but I could not do that myself. Well, that's how I felt about majority of other things. I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. I know I cannot do that, but this was something that I don't know. I felt like I could do. Yeah, I mean, there's. A, I, didn't, I didn't realize. Well, there's a true talent. I mean, we've seen your business take off, and and so there's definitely a talent behind that, and there's hard work that's gone into it. So, what made you know the big leap when you think about starting your own company? There's a big leap from working for someone, mm -hmm. and then taking that entrepreneurial leap, right, and starting your business. And then there's so much you have to figure out. What helped you get to that point where you're like, I think I'm ready to start my own design company? I think I had a few friends. After I'd work at, worked at a few firms, I had kids. And then at that point, I was kind of doing my own house and just, you know, doing stuff, little stuff for friends. They would ask me questions because they knew I had worked at design firms. And I had one friend in particular, she's like, I just bought this house and we're going to tear it down and redo it in San Clemente, right on the beach. I was like, heck no, I cannot do that. That's, you know, way too scary for me. Like it just felt overwhelming. And she kept asking. And then finally I was like, all right, we'll do it together. We kind of, I mean, she's the homeowner and I just helped, you know, her. And we just kind of did this whole project together. I mean, she was, she had a really good eye and I think it was something that was collaborative. And so, which took a little pressure off me. And so I think that was kind of the jumping off point after I was done and she was like super grateful and we had made this you know, amazing home. At least I thought it was amazing at the time. And actually that was our first, that was my first project and Good Housekeeping picked it up. So they did an article in the magazine on that project. So at that point I was kind of like, okay, maybe I should, maybe I could do this as my own thing, as a career, you know, which was nice because I had four kids at the time and it was good. Super busy. That I could do. <laughs> yeah. Super mom, super busy, you know, four kids trying to start your design firm. I mean, I, a lot of respect for you to do that. And, you know, how did that relationship start with good housekeeping? I mean, you know, you do this amazing project in San Clemente and then that lead comes to fruition. I mean, where did that start? How did that come into play? So that was, they found, they saw it through Instagram, you know, at that point we started, I had a partner. I don't know if you know that, but 
Nicole Davis was my part after I did that beach house and then we got another house and I kind of was a little nervous about just starting on my own and I had a design partner and just to kind of take a little pressure off I think we both felt that way to take on big projects it would have been hard to do it without a partner we started posting on Instagram and good housekeeping just saw it and wanted to come and shoot it and wanted it in their magazine so that's amazing. And did you tag good housekeeping or use any hashtags, like anything specific? Was there a target there or did it, did they just come across it? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think I even knew what hashtags were at that point. Yeah. Right. Cause I this think, was probably early on. I mean, this had to have been years ago. When I we think, were... you know what I think it might've been is house. I think we put it up on house and I think maybe they saw it there. Ashley Robach was the photographer. She did, she shot it. And then I think they, um, saw it through, I think just Instagram feeds and on house, but I haven't even done house since then really. So, <laughs> well, I mean, but I think Instagram's that is where they saw it. Yeah. Well, it's incredible. So how early on did you start Instagram? I mean, you, this is a true testament of the power of social media and especially early adapters, you know, and for, for a lot of the people I speak with that, you know, if they started Instagram early in their career, right, there's a lot of value, you know, first in and, yeah. you know, as that platform's really taken off, how early on was that? I think around seven years ago, started Instagram. I was with Nicole for a portion of that. We were called Owens and Davis, and then we broke off to do our own thing. And from there, I just kind of took it to where we are now. <laughs> we just, it kind of, it was a perfect storm, really, the timing of it when we broke off. And I was just kind of at a good place in my life where I could pursue it. And I was really engaged in trying to figure out this Instagram thing. So it was hashtags. It was trying to get reposted. It's a, it's a different animal now than it was back then. Back then, I think it was a little easier to grow, honestly, because you didn't have the algorithm and all that. So I think that was kind of a blessing just getting in that early and help because it grew really fast in the beginning. Yeah, it's a lot more difficult to grow now, especially it organically, is. you know, so what mm -hmm. advice do you give, you know, for I'm, I'm sure a lot of other designers or people reach out, you know, for advice on social media. And because you've you've created such an amazing following, Becky, do you what would you direct them for someone starting out now? If, if you have a young designer, you are starting your firm now, Becky, like what would you do? How would you attack Instagram? I've always had this philosophy that there's room for everyone. That's part of the reason why I love sharing other designers because we were all trying at some point to grow and progress and, you know, become something and get clients. And so that's one thing for me is just, I mean, reach out, share other people's work. I don't know, just kind of get in that space where you can communicate with other designers and get relationships with other people. I don't know if other designers feel the same way because I know s some designers just solely share their own work. But for me, I think that that helped me grow is sharing other people's work that was still within my aesthetic that I liked, but that I knew that my following would also enjoy to see that I feel like that helped grow because sometimes it's hard to cr come up with content just of your own. It is. I mean, the, the, the reality is, I mean, for those listening, I mean, and you can appreciate this, Becky, I mean, for you as a designer, you're going to meet the client. You're going to spend, you know, eight, 12 months in pre-construction, you know, design and furnishings mm -hmm. and finishes. 
then you have to wait a year or two for the house to be built and then the furniture yeah. comes in and you stage it and then there's pieces that come in and then you have to set up photography i mean this is a multi-year process where yes. that, and that's the difficulty where when a lot of us see the finished picture but they don't realize the two to three years beforehand that you spent Before. working mm -hmm. on it and making sure that it fits the client's budget right and then you share it and then that's it. And then it's there <laughs> and then you don't have any more content. <laughs> right. so, so, I mean, obviously we share stuff over and over sometimes, but I don't know. I'm just a big believer in supporting each other. And I just think that there's room for everyone. And I don't, I don't know. That's just my, my own philosophy. I know some people probably don't agree with that, but I just think you share and it usually comes back to you and you grow and they grow. I don't know. You know, I love that. So I had Dr. Brian Harris on, and he's a cosmetic dentist here in Arizona, a good friend of mine. And you share the same philosophy, and I love that you have this philosophy because he always says, you know, there's people that have the mentality of abundance and those that have um, an, a mentality of scarcity, right? And so when you start thinking about abundance, you know, there is room for everyone. There's room to support each other. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and that's where a lot of us maybe lose sight of that. And you know, for me, when I look, when I started my Instagram and it, it was after you, it was probably four or five years ago. Um, you know, my, my account grew quickly because there were big accounts that shared my stuff. You know, they shared AFT yeah. and that really helped get a boost. And so I love that you're looking at that. Hey, you know, I've been fortunate to build my account, but I'm going to look at some of these young designers that are fresh and up and coming and share their stuff to help build their following. I, I just like it. And I like the content it creates. And I think people love to see it. They do. I mean, everyone's looking for that good content and inspiration yeah. for their home. And it's interesting when I have mm -hmm. clients bring in your images and say, this is what I want to do in my house. You know, it's funny that yeah. here we are in another state and you have clients that are using your page as a yeah. resource for us to build. And it's, you know, that's the fun thing, right? We're, we're trying to uplift everyone and create, especially in COVID we've seen where a lot of our clients, you know, they're, they're spending more time at home. They want their home to be more fresh and more inspiring and, uh, you know, create uh, energy for them. And, and, and that's been really tough throughout this COVID. And so that's the advantage of social media, right? Is that you have these ideas that we can all share and, and collaborate on. Now we're super excited. Welcome one of our new sponsors to the podcast, Pella windows. And this is even more exciting because we use Pella in so many of our projects, nearly all of them. And they've been just an incredible partner of ours. And locally, Sammy and Adam, they are not only amazing business partners behind us, but they are super close friends. And I speak on the podcast all the time about the importance of relationships, right? Relationships with our customers, with our vendors, with our suppliers, because at the end of the day, I'm only as good as those that help our brand and assist us in our projects to, to take it from the ground up all the way to completion. And if we didn't have partners such as Pella, there's no way we'd be who we are today. Over the years, we've built this amazing relationship. When we call them or email them, they respond. They're quick. Their, their company culture, their integrity, their honesty. You know, they are always there to do what's right for us and the customer. They can do anything from small replacement projects to large custom homes and even multi-million dollar commercial projects. And also, when you think about their product line, they can do ultra contemporary, historical preservation, and large traditional projects. So for anyone, any scale, any size, they're the ones to call. They're here local. You know, they have an amazing Instagram. Make sure and give them a follow to see what they're doing. So if you need windows and doors, give Sammy and Adam a call. We stand behind Pella. We love what they do, their culture, their brand, and especially their quality. And if you want to learn more about Pella Windows, check our show notes. We'll have everything tagged there so you can give them a follow and have their contact information to reach out. And now let's get back into the episode. 
And so for your side, Becky, I mean, knowing what you know now, if you were to start your business today, what would you have done different? I think I would have been a little bit more brave. I think in the beginning, thinking that, oh, I don't know if I can do it. I think I just would say, you just go for it. You just, you know, if you feel like you have the talent or whatever, still, I, still to this day, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I've tricked everybody. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I don't know, but like, if you feel like you have something or if it's something you're passionate about, I just say, go for it and don't be afraid. Start with your own home, start with your friend's homes, just go for it. Try to get, you know, people to respond. And usually they will, if you're true to who you are and you know, people usually will respond to what you're putting out there. And then how did you gather, you know, cause again, when you start thinking about the back end of a company, right? There's contracts, there's pricing. How do you figure out how many hours you're going to put into a job? How do you start building the vendor relationships and sourcing product and ordering and purchasing and handling and storing, right? All these things that go to, you know, how did you, did, did you learn by experience? Did you learn at the prior firm that you worked for in Salt Lake? You know, was this networking with other designers? How did you get to the point you are at now? I learned by experience. I think the firm that I worked for before, I wasn't, I was younger and I, it was probably a big gap from when I was working with them to when I actually started on my own. So I didn't really remember how they were doing their processes. So it was definitely learn and talk to other designers, but some people don't really like to share that stuff. So you just kind of right. have to go for it and you make mistakes a hundred percent. Like this is like, you make mistakes every, at every turn, but you just keep going and you learn from them and just change it the next time. Were there any experiences that stick out where I don't want to say anything was really wrong, but maybe went south and is a learning experience. And, and, and I'll give an example from my side as you think about that, because I know I'm throwing this question on you. Um, you know, we had a project a couple years ago and f young in my career, I'm trying to be everything to everyone, right? We're, mm -hmm. we're trying to grow the business. We're, we're yes people, which isn't always the best case because you're not learning how to vet clients. You're not learning if the project's right for you and if it's set up for success. And so, you know, this client, they're, they're from out of state. They, they didn't have a designer. And, you know, this is actually because of this project, we made a change as a company to say, we're not doing a project unless they hire an interior designer. I mean, this is our MO. We won't, we will not be the contract unless a designer is hired for a lot of reasons, which, you know, I speak about a lot, but you know, this project's, you know, we break ground, we're starting on it. I don't have design. I don't have finishes. And it was painful. Like it was really difficult. We lost a lot of money. The project took forever to finish. The client was frustrated and it's because we didn't have a clear plan. You know, we're building yeah. a home. I don't have design. I don't know where floor outlets are. I don't know what the cabinetry is. And so everything <laughs> I'm like piecemealing together in this house. And it was beyond painful to where it's like, okay, I made that mistake. I'm not doing that again. You know, before I break ground, we're going to have all selections made. And it's not that you can't make changes, but we're going to have the selections made because I'm not going through this again. Yes, I definitely have. I've had experiences like that, even with just clients, I think, what you said about betting your clients, I think that was, that's a huge thing that I didn't really do in the beginning. Cause I just didn't know. Like, I would just be like, like you said, I was a yes woman. I was like, okay, sure. I'll do that. I'll do that. And now I feel like this is super important. Is just like valuing yourself, um, putting a value, like your time, what's worth it to you. You know, are you and the client on the same page? Like, one, you know, clients will come to me and be like, Hey, I really want you to do my job, my house. And I'm like, well, show me some of your inspiration. And it's nothing like I would ever do. So I'm, I, I, 
have to talk them through that. Like, why me when we're, we're on totally, completely different pages as far as aesthetic? So that's something that I feel like I've learned along the way is just figuring out how to say no, for one. Like, you can say no, and, and it's okay to say no. And then also just putting a value on your time. Like, what's it worth it to you? Like, that's something I've had to figure out as well, which is hard. <laughs> it is hard. It's, it's, it's hard, hard to say no. You know, it's hard to say no, and especially in, in construction design where we've seen markets ebb and flow, right? And construction industry typically can be impacted by recessions, you know, as people, you know, cut back spending. And, mm -hmm. and so it's, you know, when you come from that mentality, yeah, you want to have everything you're trying to, you know, but there's only so much we can handle as well. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I, I, I would agree. It, it's taken years to understand how to properly vet a client how to ask the right questions, how to make sure that the personalities align. Cause mm -hmm. essentially we're married to our clients for a couple of years. Yeah. So it's yeah. not just what we're being interviewed. We need to interview them and we need to make yeah. sure that, you know, the expectations are set. And, and that's another thing, you know, setting clear expectations, Yeah. you know, and this is something I'm still trying to figure out. We're eight years into Same. the business. <laughs> it's like, but then you get a curveball. It's impossible. You get a curveball like COVID where lumber is three times the price and you can't get furnishings. You know, all your mm -hmm. suppliers yeah. maybe were four weeks out. Now they're 20 and you're trying to figure yeah. it out and set a clear expectation. Yeah. I mean, things just take forever. I just try to, I don't know. I try to tell them way longer than it actually is going to happen, but it, even still it can happen later than you think. I don't know. Yeah, that, that is the hardest part of the job. I think is just setting their expectations and then trying to meet them when sometimes it's impossible and not try to make them mad. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, it's tough to catch everything. I mean, they're very complicated. We say custom for a reason. They are custom. No projects the same. So even if you yeah. have systems and, and somewhat of a template, it still varies right per project, you know? So for you, as far as the, the operations side, do you enjoy more of the creativity and focusing on the design? You know, what about the back end? you know, as far as billing and resourcing and, you know, that communication with the clients and vendors, do you, do you run that? Do you outsource that? I outsource that. I have a team that does a lot of that. I have a team also that does some design as well. Everything runs through me, but I definitely have a team that helps do that just because we have a lot of stuff going on with the blog and just some other stuff we're working on right now. And I just can't do it all. So... <laughs> Definitely... wish we could it's too hard <laughs> yeah it is too hard it's i mean it's awesome but it's it's hard so then from uh you know going back to the social media i mean you mentioned this early on which i really appreciate is that you had said you know one of the advantages of social media is you're connected you know with these designers and you're showcasing mm -hmm. these designers and you're building this amazing network and i've seen that in our side where when i'm networking with contractors and they're sharing information on how to run my business and how to mm -hmm you know, better me as a company owner, right? With our team. Additionally, you know, from your side, how has that impacted you just refining um, your business, you know, hires? Do you, do you find people that reach out to you on social media and say, hey, Becky, I wanna come work for you. You know, I've been following you, I'm a fan. I mean, does that affect how you hire employees? Do you find leads through social media? The Most of my employees have been through that way. They've reached out to me, but, it is also hard to find people that, I don't know. The, the one thing I really look for when I'm looking for that is just aesthetic. Like, are we on the same 
page aesthetically. You know, that's that's the hardest thing. I, th I think it's, just, it's really hard to find good people, honestly. Like, I don't know, if you're out there, find me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I mean, I just, I don't know. It is hard. I think that's one of the hardest things to do. But people do find me through Instagram, you know, and will send me resumes and everything. And I don't know. Yeah. And then as you have opportunities and they align and you see their aesthetic yeah. and, and then mm -hmm. you take it to the next step. Yeah. You, and, and how about the vendor relationship? Cause I know one thing that's super exciting for you is you have your own product line, right? With Hudson Valley oh, yeah. lighting. So how did, how did that come into play? Was that, uh, you know, as you grew your business, was that through social media? I mean, how did that open so, up? So yeah, they just found me through social media and reached out. And honestly, that was like the, one of the first, I didn't even know people that were doing licensing at that time. I hadn't really seen or been aware of that. And so they asked me and I was like, you know, molded over and tried to figure out if that was the right thing. But I, then I was like, why not? Why wouldn't it be? And honestly, it's been awesome. They've been super great to work with and it's been just fun seeing the product side and it just adds just more to your brand, I think. I think that's been awesome for our brand and hopefully awesome for their brand. Just a mutually good experience. Well, it's every de designer's dream, right? To have their own product line with some of the vendors they work with and yeah. have their name on there showing that creative side. So yeah. how did you learn about the licensing side? Cause that's a key. Did you ask anyone? Did they help you through it? Did you find an agent? I mean, how do you work through just understanding your value to the brand itself? I probably should have done that. <laughs> but I felt like I winged a lot of this, like all through, you know, and when that, when that was approached to, uh, or when that was, um, set out for us, we just went for it. You know, I didn't even, I don't even think I had a lawyer look at it. I kind of just trusted them. I knew that they were a reputable company and I just went for it. And luckily it's been fine and good. I mean, I, I didn't have an agent. I represented myself. I just was like, yeah, let's do it. I kind of like doing that. And now that I'm more versed in that arena with the licensing, I feel like I can definitely do that. And I feel confident that I could like go after other deals if I wanted to. And navigate Which I think better. is huge for people. Like if you, if, if you have an opportunity to do it, I would say do it. It's, it's really fun. And, and do you see, uh, you know, from the other side, when you're, when you're working with vendors, not only the licensing where you have your own product line, but there's also the collaboration, you know, you can work with them. There's whether it be mm -hmm. sponsored posts, whether it be, be an ambassador for their brand, you know, how have you navigated to learn through that industry, right? Not having an agent and just figuring out, well, you know, it, are they valuing me? Am I valuing them? Am I giving them the content they want, you know, and creating yeah. what they need as I do these sponsored posts? Yeah, that is hard. You hope that you are always doing stuff that works for them and you. I definitely am a huge believer in like things that are mutually beneficial. Like I want to make sure you're happy and I'm happy and we both feel good about what's happening. So in all of our collaborations that we do on the blog and on Instagram, I definitely try to make sure that that is aligned, that we're both on board and both feeling good about the, the collaboration. Know. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove. For over 75 years, Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove has specialized in refrigeration, cooking, and dishwashing that can be found in some of the world's most luxurious homes. At AFT Construction, we look forward to crafting our clients' dream kitchen when building the home of their dreams. To get this process started, we locate the nearest showroom and set up an appointment. It's that easy. 
Since Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove specializes in three major categories, we can make all of our kitchen selections in one stop. The first one is that Sub-Zero handles refrigeration. They are the preservation specialist. Key features included fresher, longer dual refrigeration, advanced air purification, precise temperature control, customized modular design. This ensures tastier, healthier food and eliminates waste so that the food stays fresher longer. Second is that Wolf is the cooking specialist. Key features include precise heat control, predictable, consistent temperature, intuitive controls, and easy-to-use technology. Everything is designed with you in mind. These features enhance flavors of food, ensure consistency, and eliminates guesswork. Delicious results every time. And last but not least is Cove, the cleaning specialist. Key features include precise water flow, superior drying conditions, fully adjustable interior for every need, and so quiet it never interrupts. Not only are all products functional and reliable, they look great, truly built to last. To schedule an appointment at your nearest Sub-Zero Wolf & Cove showroom, visit subzero-wolf.com backslash showroom or click the link in our show notes below. And how much of your yeah. business now is in Southern California and how much is outside of you know your immediate territory? It's probably half and half right now. I have a lot in Utah right now and I have some custom builds here as well in California. It's, it's a lot, it's different in California. It's a lot of teardowns and redos. Mm -hmm. And in Utah, there's a lot more land. And my brother, you know, I work with my brother a lot, who's a builder and he builds in Utah. So we have a lot of um, projects going on right now together. So. And does he build uh, spec homes? Does he build for clients? He builds for clients, custom homes for clients. Yep. And, and how's that relationship work, you know, as far as, you know, working with the client and making sure it's a smooth process being that he's in Utah, you're in California. I don't know. Somehow we, we managed to do it. I think a lot, especially during COVID you're doing zooms anyway. So Anyways, yep. a lot of calls, a lot of like, um, yeah, a lot of zoom calls, <laughs> a lot of back and <laughs> forth on the emails. I mean, that's kind of how we do our work anyway. We do a lot online. We do our renderings and show the client that. Then we have a call and talk it through, especially if we're not in the same city or state. We do a lot online and we fly out when we have to. Um, but we're pretty accessible. Like I'm pretty accessible when I take a client. I'm accessible on my phone, on email. And, you know, I definitely try to make it work even though I'm not in the same city. It's a fine line, right? You know, you think about accessibility and, and I'm the same, you know, I'm accessible, you know, my clients have my cell phones, they have my information yeah. and you know, it's hard to turn it off, right? As a business owner, yeah. whether it be after hours or on the weekends at nights on vacation with the family, that's tough. And it's interesting because there's uh, some other peers of mine actually build in Boise and they're like, our clients don't even have our cell phone. I'm like, how's that possible? How do, like, yeah. how are you functioning without, with the yeah. clients don't have your cell phone? You know what I mean? So I how agree. do you find that? How do you find that balance, you know, of, okay, I'm accessible, but at the same time, mm -hmm. I'm still Becky Owens. I'm still mom. You know, I still have yeah. my life. Yeah. I mean, I definitely try to set a little bit of boundaries where if it's a weekend, I might just be a little slower to respond. You know, I definitely, I don't know. I'm bad at that. I wish I was a little bit better. So I'm just that person in the moment where I'm like, I just want to get it done. Let's check this off my list. If they're, if they're texting me and they want something, I'm like, let's just get it done. So that's one thing that's I could be better about is just like balancing all that. But that's why I feel like it's really important just to, I try not to take on as many jobs. It's like quality over quantity. You know, I would definitely want those quality jobs that 
I can, that might take a little more time, but I'm not frantically trying to get a million jobs done and feeling out of control or a million people are texting me. I have a few clients and they're bigger jobs and it's not so crazy. <laughs> right. It's so smart though. I mean, quality over yeah. quantity. I mean, that's something I think a lot of us as you know, we've grown our careers and you start to learn that there's a lot of value there, and, but it takes time, yeah. you know, and that's not something where, you know, it's not like Becky Owens day one could say, I want these big projects and these are the quality yeah. I want for clients. It doesn't work. You know, it's taking yeah. you years of, you know, yeah. pushing the blog and pushing social media and working with clients and learning the process. I mean, it's one of those things that you just don't snap your fingers and it happens that way. That's, that's exactly true. In the beginning, I was, like I said, like we were talking about, I was, I guess I was a yes woman. You were yeah. a yes man. <laughs> you just, okay, sure. I'll do it. Even though I don't have time for it, I'll do it. You know? And how is that, you know, you've already had a huge footprint. We spoke about social media. I mean, it took off. You were early on adapter and it grew. And I believe you did uh, Amy, Am Amber Phillips home, right? So you've worked with yeah. other influencers that are outside of your network that have big exposure. I mean, how did that change or uplift the brand of Becky Owens working with her? Amber was awesome. She has a really good eye as well. So, and we have a connection. We have a family connection too. So we it was great and she was obviously a lot huge a lot bigger than i was when i when we started and it was yeah i mean it was a great experience she was super sweet to work with and she actually has a really good eye too which is which is fun she had a, a lot of input and it was more of a it was a collaboration for sure so but that, i think that did help catapult things too i think it's just like a culmination of everything getting yourself out there and teaming up with people that you feel like, again, mutually beneficial for both of you, something that, you know, will work for both of you to grow both of you. So I think those little partnerships, if you can, for people that are just starting out, if you can partner with people like that to maybe offer them something that they can't do on their own, free design or whatever you want to do to just kind of help catapult you. And I love that that strategy too, Becky, because as, as I speak with a lot of executives that are experts in marketing, right? One thing they say is a lot of us will cater to our network, right? So for example, me as a builder, I'm going to go to the builder show and I'm going to network with mm -hmm. builders and designers and architects. And, and yes, you stay in that network. It's a comfort zone, but as you collaborate with professionals outside your network, so like barefoot blonde, right? Amber Phillips, she's not a designer, she's not a contractor, mm -hmm. right? But it's someone that has a completely different exposure, different audience. And as you collaborate and those two brands align like you did with her, well, now it can really grow both of you at the same time. And it's someone that's totally different. So Becky, how much time do you spend, you know, when you look at your schedule and you don't have to give me the exact hours, but maybe percentage, you know, do you spend on the social media, on the blogging, you know, the marketing side of the business? Um, I have someone that does the blog. I have, I actually have people that are help with the marketing and blog stuff. So, I mean, I definitely am in touch with them every day, but I would say, you know, I don't, the blog, maybe an hour a day. Like it's not, that's not my main focus just cause I have people working on that. I do run my Instagram. I just feel like that's something that I've just grown myself. So I'm having a hard time. I would have a hard time. I know people do do that. They have someone run it for them and maybe that would be helpful, but I just haven't been able to let that go yet. So, and I'm not really on 
I'm on Facebook a little bit, but other than that, I haven't really got into any other um, platforms. I don't know if that's a mistake. I just feel like everything keeps coming back to Instagram. I think, mm -hmm. you know, you try other stuff, but then it, you're just back at Instagram because that's just where everyone is. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's some new stuff coming out that I don't know about, but I feel no, like it's No, but you have Instagram. to value the ROI, right? There's a return on investment. Everyone knows, okay, social media is free to an extent if you're going to do it organically, yeah. but time is money, yeah. right? It's still time. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. but if your ROI, if your lead generation is coming through Instagram, then that's where you should put your effort. You know, although there's yeah. maybe TikTok or other platforms, yeah. Pinterest or Facebook house, if they're not bringing the same fruits to your labors as Instagram, then why change that? Yeah, exactly. Like I just feel like Instagram is where it's been for us. Um, that's just worked the best for us. TikTok, I haven't really got on that trend yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole different audience. Trust me. The funny thing about TikTok for those listening is it's interesting because when you're, when you're on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook, uh, the crowd is pretty supportive. I mean, I know a lot of us are out there like you are, yeah. Becky, you're, you're putting a lot of content out there. I know we are, you don't get a lot of trolls or like the negativity, mm -hmm. but you go on TikTok and that's like all it is. It's, it's, it's the most odd platform, but yeah, I know some people I have think had I would great like success. That. I don't know if I want, want negativity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let's just keep it positive. I don't know. Surround yourself with why. good people. Yeah. So how, how has the blog impacted the business and should people Blogs be blogging? Been, yeah. I mean, I think there's a space for it. Honestly, people still, I mean, we've been doing our blog. I don't know how long, but we've, it's still, people still love it. Talk about it. Tell us they look at it every day. Like I think, and just you can monetize it. So I think that too is like a huge side of our business where we, you know, do collaborations with big companies that, and we put it on our blog and that's just a whole nother side of the business that I think I'm super grateful for. I feel like the blog side, the design side, and now we're kind of moving into the more of the product side. And so I, I feel like there's three aspects that we're just, working on. And I think that's what makes it a little bit more exciting when I kind of get bored of one thing, then I can kind of, okay, let's focus on this, you know, just to kind of mix it up. Um, but the blog, I don't, I don't think they're going away. I, I, I mean, they probably have lessened a little bit, but maybe not, they're not gone. I, I still like it. Well, I love they share that because successful companies, although they're diversified and they're, they're versatile, they're still focused, right? And Mm -hmm. You know, you, you know, from the blog side, from the product side, from the design, de design side, these kind of work hand in hand and you're specializing yeah. each. And, you know, the, the issue is that even if you're a phenomenal designer or a phenomenal contractor, it's a fee driven industry and there's only so much fee you can charge no matter how good you are. And you yeah. still have payroll and cash flow. And so how do you offset that with whether it be brick and mortar behind you or a real estate portfolio or as you mentioned, product or blogging, mm -hmm. right? These are things that kind of just add so then that you know, as one's heavy and the other one's low, they kind of even out to help, you know, totally. keep, to keep the health of the company going. Yes, it's true. Especially, I, I know we mentioned this before about just trying to figure out how much you charge and how much when you're doing a design client and what do you charge? And there's been moments where I'm like, I made zero money on that job, zero, because <laughs> it took me so much time, you know, and I did a flat fee and I probably shouldn't have done a flat fee. I should have done hourly. And so I'm making literally nothing, but then you think, okay, but I am making this on my blog and I also have this 
stream of cash coming from my products or the licensing deals. So it does, it does kind of help you feel like you're not just, dang it, I just lost all this money because that took me forever <laughs> or whatever. I love that you shared that, just the mentality side of that, because it'd be really easy to get discouraged. And I've had those where I've had a job that yeah. from the building side, we didn't make any money and same as you as design. Yeah. But then you look at, well, okay, well, this project also allowed us to get published or allowed mm -hmm. to go into social media. And now there's content or I was able to sell product or write a blog post. And then, so they kind of build on each other. But yeah. if you only had the one, mm -hmm. then it would look like a failure, super frustrating. Totally. You'd be really down. I mean, that's exactly it is just the fact that you can, even on those jobs, that's one other thing I'll mention too, is when you're picking your jobs, make sure it's something that you can shoot because if you don't make money, this has happened where, you know, you pick a job that you know, that's going to be awesome and it's going to look awesome. But I'm like, I might not make money on this, but I know I can shoot it. I know I can monetize that through my blog and I know that that will be good content for Instagram and, um, and then it, then it becomes more worth it. Then you're like, okay, it actually wasn't just a hassle, you know, it's content. It's something that we created and you know, you don't feel as bad that you didn't really make money on the design side. It's very savvy advice. And, and without getting into specifics, Becky, I don't want you to share, of course, the, the monetary side, but when you speak about monetizing the blog, how, how does that work? Are you working um, for other companies that are putting ads on the blog or you work with other vendors or maybe doing dedicated posts for you know, specific mm -hmm. um, uh, products that are asking to be on your blog? Yeah, so we do that on Instagram and on the blog. We work with companies that we would probably post about anyway. Like, you know, we've worked with Nordstrom's, we work with um, Wayfair, Joss and Main, I don't even know, Home Depot, like so many different different companies and they do they do pay you to post, but you're very selective on what you want, you know, your edit, what you would want to put out there. I just did a campaign for Sam's Club and you know, it was I got to pick what I my edit for Sam's Club. And so that was I mean, I don't know. I had a great experience with them. Um, it was a great job, you know, it was a lucrative job that I was grateful for. And it was probably something that I probably wouldn't have gotten had I hadn't had all these other things going on. Um, I just, I think that that's kind of one way, just another way of income. Just, I don't know if I'm making sense here, if I'm getting Yeah, totally. I mean, it supports everyone. I mean, you have a team, a staff, you have families, right? You have yourself and, and you're building this, uh, we'll call it a little empire, but you're building this amazing company, an amazing brand. And, but there's value. It's not just about Becky Owens, right? Which you said many times is that there's value. The reason these companies are looking at this, they could do a TV ad that might not have the same audience, but they can say, look, we're going to partner with Becky Owens. We believe in what she's doing and the culture she's creating and the design. And we want to be in front of that audience. And then you have the flexibility where it's not just, hey, I'm chasing a dollar. It's no, this is genuine. These are products I'm using anyways. These are products that are important yeah. to me and my brand. And, you know, and these are things that uh, I'm passionate about. And then giving you the creativity to write, that's yeah. going to make it more personal for you and your audience anyways. Well, yeah, that's what I hope people understand is we're not going to put anything out there that we're not proud of or that we don't back, you know. And that was something that I hadn't known before with Sam's Club. And I hadn't. And then when I got into it with them and how 
it was just like an amazing relationship from the get-go, the whole collaboration. And it turned out so well. And I thought it turned out great, even for my aesthetic, like my viewers, um, they all loved it. So I think it just was a win-win all around because it, it just turned out, I don't know. And that was kind of a leap. I was like, do I do it? Do I not? It was one of those things where you're just not sure, but then, you know. But the value, and it's interesting, you know, for anyone listening, it's, it, you know, I share this, you know, for example, Pella and Sub-Zero, these are two brands that I work with exclusively on, on all of my projects. And th there's a lot more, not only are they amazing products, right? And they do, mm -hmm. you, you know, our clients love the features and everything that goes along with Pella and Sub-Zero. But also when you look at the back inside, it's created a relationship where well, we need product. Here we are in COVID and I need parts and I need products to yeah. hit timelines, right? I can get those. And, you know, they provide them in the customer service and someone picks up on the phone. So there's a customer service aspect that, that most people don't see behind the scenes. It's, it's good to work with good brands. It really, yeah, it is. I, th I think it ele elevates you and it helps you grow. And I don't know, even just meeting those type of people that have those huge corporations and big companies, it's good to just see that side as well. And you've been amazing, Becky. I mean, you share some amazing advice. You've built this amazing company with an incredible following and and again, uh, so appreciative, not only for coming on today, but also for the young designers where you showcase their work and help boost their profile. So what's upcoming and exciting for Becky Owens? We're working on a lot of things, actually. We're, we have some products coming out. We have, I'm actually not sure what I can say, <laughs> but we definitely have some stuff coming up, which probably in the fall, you'll know more about it, but we have some, we, yeah, we're definitely working on products like our own line of products too. So, um, but there's some stuff in the works. Well, we and can't good, wait to and some really fun projects too. We have some, I have some really fun projects for 2022 and 2023 that I'm excited to share. Well, we're super excited to follow along. So where can our listeners find you so that they can follow along and see the amazing products and uh, projects that you have upcoming? Uh, well, I'm on Instagram at Becky Owens, Becky with an I that's sometimes hard for people, but Yes. And we have a website, BeckyOwens.com. And we also are on Facebook, but probably not as much. <laughs> I understand. A lot of us stay away from Facebook. You know, there's, it's not as formula, you know, it's formulated not as well for us in the design and construction yeah. industry. And yeah. there's a lot of other nonsense on Facebook. Whereas Instagram is pretty clean for what the, the content we're producing. Yeah, it is. It's good. It's, it's a great platform. Can't thank you enough, Becky. Thank you so much for making time and yeah. speaking with us today. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great. It's been a great time. I appreciate it. So thank you all for tuning into the podcast today. And just as a recap, if you check the show notes, they're just going to have all the links for the topics that we discuss. And also one of our favorite features now is the chapters that go through the conversation. So if there's certain topics you want to revisit or listen to, they're outlined by the time that we discuss those. And again, we can't thank you enough for all of your support. Please make sure and download our podcast, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review wherever you download your podcast.